0: Section Five of *The Gray Lady* by Henry Seaton Merriman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five: The Valley of Repose, a home where exiled angels might forbear awhile to moan for paradise. There is a valley far up in the mountains behind the ancient city of Palma, the Val de Raja. Some thousand years ago, the Arabs found this place. After toils and labours and many battles by sea and land, a roaming sheik settled here, calling it El-Raha, the Repose. He dug a well, for where the moor has been, there is always sparkling water. He planted olive trees and he built a mill. The well is there today, the olive trees, old and huge and gnarled, as are no other olive trees on the earth yield their yearly crop unceasingly the mill grinds the spaniards corn to-day in the val de Raja, there stands a house a rambling ungainly farm as such are called in majorca it runs off at strange angles presenting a broken face to all points of the compass from a distance it rather resembles a village for the belfry of the little chapel is visible and the buildings seem to be broken up and divided. On closer inspection, it is found to be self-contained, and a nearer approach discloses the fact that it presents to the world four solid walls, and that it is only to be entered by an arched gateway. In the centre of the open patio stands the Moorish Well, surrounded, overhung by orange trees. This house could resist a siege, Indeed, it was built for that purpose, for the Moorish pirates made raids on the island almost within the memory of living persons. Such is the Casa de Raja, the House of Repose. It stands with its back to the pine slopes, looking peacefully down the valley, over terraces where grow the orange, the almond, the fig, the lemon, the olive, and far below where the water trickles, the feathery. Bamboo. The city of Palma is but a few miles away, in its strong thirteenth century restriction within high ramparts. It has its cathedral, its courthouse, all the orthodox requirements of a city, and moreover, it is the capital of the Willem Kingdom of Majorca. King Hamy is dead and gone. Majorca after many vicissitudes has settled down into an obscure possession of spain and to the old world ways of that country it has taken very kindly but with the unwritten history of Majorca we have little to do and we have much with the casa de areja and the owner thereof a plain englishman of the name of challoner the last of his line the third of his race to own the Casa de Reja. Edward Chaloner lay on his bed in the large room overlooking the valley and the distant sea. In the house of repose, he lay awaiting the call to a longer rest than earthly weariness can secure. The grave old padre of the neighbouring village of San Pablo stood near the bed. Eve Chaloner had sent for him, with the instinct that makes us wish to be seen off on a long journey by a good man of whatsoever creed or calling at times the old priest gently patted the hand of eve challoner as she stood by his side climate and country and habit have a greater influence over the human frame than we ever realize eve challoner had been subject to these subtle influences to a rare extent tall and upright clad in black as all spanish ladies are she was english and yet spanish of a clear white her skin was touched slightly by the sun and the warm air which blows ever from the sea blow which way it may across the little island romance tells us of andalusian beauty of catalonian grace and in sober british earnest a solid thing there are few more beautiful women than high-born spanish ladies eve challoner had caught something some trick of the head which belongs to spain alone her eyes had a certain northern vivacity of glance a small something which is noticeable enough in southern europe though we should hardly observe it in england for it means education in the matter of learning be it noted in passing the ladies of the peninsula are not so very far above their duskier sisters of the harem farther east the girl's eyes were dull now, with a sort of surprised anguish, for sorrow had come to her before its time. The man lying on the bed before her had not reached the limit of his years. Quite suddenly, twelve hours before, he had complained of a numb feeling in his head, and the voice he spoke in was thick and strange. In a surprisingly short time, Edward Challoner was no longer himself. No longer the cynical, polished gentleman of the world, but a hard-breathing, inert deformity, hardly human. From that time to this he had never spoken, and heaven knew there was enough for him to say. Death had caught him unawares, as, after all, he generally does catch us. There were several things to set in order as usual, for it is only in books and on the stage that folks make a graceful exit clearing up the little mystery, forgiving the wrongs, boasting with feeble voice of the good they have done, with lowering tone and soft music, slowly working together to the prompter's bell. It is not in real life that dying men find much time to prattle about their own souls. They usually want all their breath for those they leave behind. And who knows, perhaps those waiting on the other side, Think no worse of the man who dies fearing for others and not for himself. In Edward Challoner's paralysed brain there was a great wish to speak to his daughter, but the words would not come. He looked at those around him with a dreary indistinctness as from a distance, almost as if he had begun his long journey and was looking back from afar. And so the afternoon wore on to the short southern twilight, and the goat bells came tinkling up from the valley, for nature must have her way, though men may die, and milking time rules through all the changes. While the light failed over the land, two men were riding through it as fast as horse could lay hoof to the ground. They were on the small road running from the Soyer highway up to the Val de Reja. and he who led the way seemed to know every inch of it, this was Henry Fitzhenry and his companion, ill at ease in a Spanish saddle, was the doctor of Her Majesty's gunboat, Kittywake. Four months earlier, by one of those chances which seems no chance when we look back to them, the Kittywake had broken down on leaving the anchorage of Port Mahon. Towed back by a consort, she had been there ever since. Awaiting some necessary pieces of machinery to be made in England and sent out to her. Hearing by chance that the navigating lieutenant of the Kittywake was Henry FitzHenry, usually known as Fitz, Mr. challoner had written to Minorca from the larger island, introducing himself as the honourable Mrs. Harrington's cousin, and offering what poor hospitality the Valderja had to dispense. In a little island there is not very much to talk about, and the gossips of Majorca had soon laid hold of fits. They said that the English senorita up at the Casa de Reja had found a lover, and a fine handsome one at that. Else, they opined, why should this English sailor thrash his boat through any weather from Cuidadela in Menorca to Soyer in Majorca? "'riding subsequently from that small and lovely town "'over the roughest country in the island "'to the Valley of Repose, "'as if the devil were at his heels. "'That was only their way of saying it, "'for they knew as well as any of us "'that love in front can make us move more quickly than ever "'the devil from behind. "'At Alcudia they watched his boat labour through the evil seas. "'The wind was never too boisterous for him.' the waves never too high. It is, they said, the English mariner from Mahon going to see the Signorita Chaloner. Ah, but he has a firm hand. And they smiled dreamily with their deep eyes as knowing the malady themselves. This time there had been two figures clad in black oilskins in the stern of the long white boat. Two horses had been ordered by cable to be ready at Soyer instead of one for eve challoner had telegraphed to her countrymen at port mahon when this strange and horrid numbness seized her father the sun was setting behind the distant line of the sea when fitz and his companion urged their tired horses up the last slope to the casa de reja within the gateway mrs baines the only english servant in this english house was awaiting them she curtsied in an old-fashioned way to the doctor, who had not seen an English woman's face for two years and more, and asked him to follow her. Fitz did not offer to accompany them. Indeed, he made it quite obvious that he did not want to do so. Two of the vague attendants, who are always to be found in their numbers about the doorway and stable-yard of a Spanish country house, took the horses "'and Fitz wandered round the patio to the southern door "'which led to the terrace. "'There was not very much change in Henry Fitzhenry "'since we saw him in Mrs. Harrington's drawing-room six years earlier. "'The promise of the boy had been fulfilled by the man, "'and here was a quiet Englishman, "'chiefly remarkable for a certain directness of purpose "'which was his, and seemed to pervade his being.' Here was one who had commanded men, who had directed skilled labour for the six impressionable years of his life, and he who directs skilled labour is apt to differ in manner, in thought and habit, from him whose commands are obeyed mechanically. The naval officer is a man of detail. He tells others to do that which they know he can do better himself. They set on board the kittiwake, which was a small ship, that Fitz, old Fitz, they used to call him, was too big for a seafaring life. In height he was nearly six feet, six feet of spare muscle and bone, such a man as one sees on the northeast coast of England, the east coast of Scotland, or the west coast of Norway, anywhere, in fact, where the Vikings passed. The deep blue eyes had acquired a certain quiet which had been absent in the boyish face, the quiet that comes of a burden on the heart, of the certain knowledge that the burden can never be removed. Luke's life was not the only one that had been spoiled by an examination paper. Examination papers have spoiled more lives than they have benefited. A twin brother is something more than a brother, and Fitz went through life as if one side of him was suffering a dull, aching pain. The face of this man walking alone on the terrace of the House of Repose was not happy. Perhaps it was too strong for complete happiness, some men are so, and others are too wise. This was the face, not of a very wise or brilliant man, but of one who was strong and simple, something in the nature of a granite rock. "'Sandstone is more easily shaped into a thing of beauty, "'but it is also the sandstone that is worn by weather, "'while a deep mark cut on granite stays there till the end.' "'Fitz had no intention of going upstairs. "'He was not a man to take the initiative in social matters. "'His instinct told him that if Eve wanted him, "'she would send for him. "'She had cabled to him to bring the doctor. "'He had brought the doctor.' and now he went out on the terrace to stand by, as he put it to himself, for further orders. If, as the gossips averred, he was the senorita's lover, he deemed it wise to relinquish that position just now. As a matter of fact, however, no word of love had passed between them. Fitz was standing by the low wall of the terrace looking down into the hazy, dim depths of the valley, when the further orders which he awaited came to him. Hearing a light step on the pavement behind him, he turned and faced Eve, who was running towards him. "'Will you come upstairs?' she said. "'I think he wants to see you.' "'Certainly,' he answered. She had hurried out, but they walked back rather slowly. Nevertheless, they did not seem to have anything to say to each other. When they entered the room upstairs together, a faint little smile full of wisdom hovered for a second round the old priest's clean-shaven lips. The dying man had evidently wanted something, or some one. The old priest knew human nature, hence the little shadowy smile called up by Eve's transparently partial interpretation of her father's desire. Edward Challoner looked at him, but did not appear to recognise his face. It seemed that he had left the earth so far behind now that the faces of those walking on it were no longer distinguishable. He gave a little half-pettish groan, and a stillness came over the room. The old padre and the doctor, who did not know a word of any common language, exchanged a glance, and in a very business-like way, as of one whose trade it was, the priest got down upon his knees. Then the doctor, half shyly, approached Eve, and taking her by the arm, led her gently out of the room. Fitz stayed where he was, standing by the dead man, looking down at the priest's bowed head, while the bell of the little chapel attached to the Casa de Reja told the valley that a good man had gone to his rest. End of section 5.